Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. For all the super wine geeks out there, we have a special new series dedicated to you. We are reading excerpts from our new edition of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Wine lovers, tune in for your weekly fix only on Italian Wine Podcast. If you want to own a copy of this new must-read Italian wine textbook, just go to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. This is part 21, Friuli Venezia Giulia, historical background. In the region of Friuli Venezia Giulia, people began to talk about wine as early as 181 BC, following the foundation of the ancient Roman city of Aquileia. It was peasant warriors who planted the first vines in the lands creating a flourishing agricultural activity that the Roman historian Titus Livius and the Greek geographer, philosopher, and historian Strabo both spoke about at length, revealing in their writings how the cities of Aquileia and Cividale, called Forum Iulii, from which the toponym Friuli derives, were important wine-growing trading posts in the north of the empire. Titus Livius recounts in Book 4 of the Annales that the Roman Senate expressly decreed that viticulture be expanded in the Friuli lands, given the predisposition of the territory of the profitability it generated. Even the Greek chronicler Herodianus, in his History of the Emperor Maximinus, wrote that, quote, in the countryside of Aquileia, the trees are arranged at equal distances and their vines are coupled, forming a jubilant picture so much so that those land seems adorned with leafy crowns. As wine growing activity expanded, so too did the local peasant population, though it was mostly composed of slaves, a fact that prompted the great Roman polymath Marcus Terentius Varro to observe that the tools with which the land was worked were of two categories, speaking tools, semi-speaking tools, and dumb tools. The former is clearly a reference to the local slave population. Despite the collapse of the Roman Empire and the arrival of the barbarian populations, wine stubbornly maintained its value and status so much that it was often and used as a tribute in documented interactions with the Goths, the Lombards, and the Patriarchate of Aquileia. In 530, even Theodoric the Great, with king of the Ostrogoths, and later his daughter Amalasunta, praised the wine production of Aquileia and Cividale. But the real archival treasure chests to draw on are the notarial documents of the Middle Ages in which the nations and sales of vineyards are carefully recorded. 
documents in which we discover, for example, efforts to protect the status of Ribolla wine, in which the city of Gorizia imposed a duty on foreign wines, quote, in order to ensure the consumption of a product of the territory and increase the cultivation of the same. In Venice, Ribolla, along with Pignolo, was the wine commonly used in diplomatic circles, while the vineyards of the Abbazia di Rosazzo were already being commercialized according to written documentation from 1398. In 1632, it was Aurora Fiorentini, ancestor of the current Count of San Floriano del Collio, whose dowry for her marriage to the Hungarian nobleman Adam Battiani, including, quote, 300 Vitti di Tokai, a reference to the historic name for the white wine from the region. More recently, the status of this popular Friulian wine has been jealously guarded by Michele and Filippo Formentini on behalf of the Formentini family and by the lawyer Enzo Bevilacqua. In fact, in defining the origin and history of this wine, Bevilacqua appealed to the Regional Administrative Court of Lazio and then to the Court of Justice of the European Union, but without success. In 2007, he had to accept the court's verdict that the name Tokai could not be used in Italy, assigning it exclusively to the Hungarian wine of the same name. There are innumerable citations and historical sources that reference the Piccoli, another important Friulian grape, some dating back to 1755, including one provided by Count Fabio Asquini of Fagnana, a village northwest of Udine, who wrote an important treatise on this wine. He succeeded so well in promoting its image and marketing it in the most prestigious cellars in Europe that within a few years over 100,000 quarter liter bottles had been sold. In 1765, the Società Agraria Teresiana was founded in honor of Empress Maria Theresa of Austria in recognition of her efforts to promote and encourage viticulture in the region's hilly areas. Other historical references emerge from the documents of the 1869 wedding between Count Theodore de la Tour and the noblewoman Elvin Ritter de Zahony, whose dowry included the Villa Russitz in Capriva del Friuli. Wines produced from the Pinot Grigio, Pinot Bianco, Pinot Nero, and Sauvignon grape varieties are specifically mentioned. More recently, the local viticulture has been profoundly influenced by the two world wars that impacted the region. After the infamous battles of the Isonzo, a series of 12 First World War battles between the Austro-Hungarian and Italian armies, when the soil of the karst turned red with spilled blood and flowing subsequent clashes into the morals of the Collio, little in the way of agriculture survived in this devastated strip of Italy. Thanks to the strength of character that epitomized these people, viticulture eventually recovered. In 1931, in collaboration with the Stazione Sperimentale di Viticultura in Conegliano, 
The foundation were laid from the rebirth of the Friulian viticulture with the introduction of red grape varieties such as Cabernet, Merlot, and Pinot Noir, and Malvasia Istriana, Ribolla Gialla, Riesling Italico, Sauvignon, Tramina Aromatico, and Tokai for whites. Unfortunately, just as viticulture was recovering, the Second World War broke out, tearing farmers and wine growers from their vines once more. Friuli Venezia Giulia is a land which has given so much and that on which so much for better or worse has left its mark. The only thing no one has yet taken away from the Friulians is the land itself, to which they are profoundly attached. Geomorphology Friuli Venezia Giulia is located on the northeast border of Italy. It is one of Italy's five autonomous regions and borders the Austrian region of Carinzia to the north, Slovenia to the east, Veneto to the west, and the Adriatic Sea to the south. A composite name, the region was officially formed in 1947 from Venetian Friuli and part of Eastern Friuli. It is a stunning of varied landscape, framed by the majestic peaks of the Julian Alps on the northern border where ancient fossiliferous rocks of the lower Paleozoic of marine origin emerge on the highest peaks, which do not, however, affect viticulture, which is mainly located in the plains and hilly areas of Udine and Calio. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. The Mesozoic succession is similar to that of Veneto and Trentino, with Triassic limestones and dolomites and Jurassic Cretaceous successions, which develop in phases of terrigenous flesh, but with little fossiliferous. Flesh, in Friuli, is an excellent substrate for hillside vineyards, especially in the Collio area, where locally it is called Ponca. The area of the Julian Alps, together with the Carnic Alps, which run from the east to the west, occupy 43% of the territory to which are added the pre-alpine hills on the border with Slovenia and the narrow plain washed by the Adriatic Sea. 70% of viticulture has developed in the plains and 30% on the hills, in involving the mid-latitude areas with a climate typical of the Padano Alpine region. The Colli Orientali del Friuli area and further south to Collio area boast a temperate sub-littoral climate. The plain is flat and rich in lagoons, valleys and marshes such as those of Caorle, Marano and Grado and is crossed by several rivers including the Tagliamento with its numerous tributaries which include the Fella, Natizone, Isonzo, and 
Timavo. The latter has its source in Slovenia and flows underground for approximately 38 kilometers before resurfacing near Monfalcone. There are other watercourses that, although they have large alluvial riverbeds, disappear in the high plain and reappear in the low plain on soils with finer and more clayey compositions due to the outcropping of the water table. Here, in what were once the large stony riverbeds known as Le Grave, vine cultivation is possible thanks to the good drainage of the land. Moving towards Trieste, one encounters plateaus formed from Cretaceous limestone, known as Triestine karst, where vine are only found in the flatter areas, the dolines, amongst the so-called red soils, the result of the washing away of the bases, calcium above all. The largest wine-growing area falls in the Grave Zone, between Pordenone, San Daniele, Udine, and Palmanova. Here, the most widespread grape variety is Merlot, followed by Pinot, Chardonnay, Friulano, Refosco del Peduncolo Rosso, and Cabernet Franc. The Collio area lies further north and consists of an area of fertile hills that reach 270 meters above sea level, extending into the foothills south of the Julian Pre-Arps, west of Gorizia to Cormons and beyond. The territory is protected to the north by the Julian Pre-Alps and open to the south to the beneficial effects of the marine climate and offers soils positioned on arenaceous marley flesh substrates that are not very fertile. The Colli Orientali area, on the other hand, is made up of alternating layers of marls, calcareous, clays, sandstones, and calcified sands with a very typical appearance. Within the wine-growing district, numerous microclimates alternate, cooler and wetter to the north, close to the mountains, and milder and drier to the south. Within the Colli Orientali district, there is a particular area located in the municipality of Nimis and extending as far as the hamlet of Tedilis and Tarcento. This area has a predominantly calcareous conformation and boasts a particularly mild microclimate given that it is well sheltered from the cold north wind. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.